0: All right, hello friends and uh, welcome. It's been a while, I've been uh, going through some things that I'm going to be talking about today because yes, Steve goes through things too. If you listen to the podcast to date, you will understand the existential portion that um, I investigated, tried to feel, tried to experience and eventually did achieve what you might call an alignment that led to a deep feeling of inner peace in 2014 and a disconnect from having to identifying with anything that the mind creates. And so on an existential level, Steve is healed. That's good. And what goes along with that is the mind the ability to use the mind has been directed and healed as well. But because we're human spirit in body with a mind that we, can choose to use once we learn that's part of the process the last challenge for Steve has been the physical and it's been something that I haven't talked about on a deep level even while I've been going through it for pretty much my entire life and you'll see what I mean for various reasons and why I've done this once again pretty much unto myself with help with research hell of a lot of research uh, investigation the appropriate help of uh, medicine, um, doctors, naturopaths, whatever the case may be in the moment, because it's um, it is, and I am very uh, emblematic of modern challenges. In other words, having something a ease come about simply as a byproduct of living in this day and age. Uh, the food systems we have, the things we put in our body, the things we surround ourselves with that the human body was never meant to contend with, and the factors that can affect some people greatly, like myself, and affect others moderately, affect some people not at all. There are so many factors to this human body of ours that it can be difficult to get to the source, and often there isn't a source. Often it's a symbiotic relationship between you and various processes in your body that have been challenged. And it's usually a toxin. And that toxin can be something that's causing resistance in your body from being healthy and preventing your own body from, from functioning smoothly. Or it can be something that your body's reacting to, which is the case with me and which is labeled autoimmune dis-ease. Again, something that's very much a modern phenomenon because we've introduced so many things into our environment, which then find their way into our environment, into our body through eating, through breathing, through drinking water, through drinking things that aren't actually human beverages, which we've created, and I'll explain in as much as I need to, what those things are and how they affect the human being and how they've affected me. And what I've done to resolve them, which is the most important part. Because it's a long story, and I'm going to start at uh, the end. The end of the story is right in this very moment where I sit here in front of you, relatively healthy uh, compared to most of the rest of my life. Again, this is something not a lot of people know because I didn't even understand it until a few years ago that my normal had been interrupted from such a young age that I didn't know that it was natural to just be energetic all day long. I didn't know it was natural to not have headaches. And of course, when I'm younger, they were occasional. As I got older, they got worse and worse for various reasons, which I understand now, which is why I'm excited to talk about this. So, like I said, I'm sitting here, 54 years old. Spirit is clean and clear existential, no problem. I wake up each day just ready for the day and keeping it as real as possible. In other words, I'm not in my head. I don't project. I don't drag up things from the past. I'm not in my mind, so those things fundamentally cannot happen. That's the work I completed, if you'd like to say, in 2014, and which was very poignant to have experience because you read about these things and it's like a happily ever after story and no one or not many tell the story of well okay so you're happy you're free you're peaceful all this is great the inner state of bliss is there but we're human we have a body and with that comes challenges and you rarely hear anyone talk about the physical challenge that goes along with it because Again, when you hear these stories, it's often as if a light switch went off and you know this person is the epitome of blissful peace floating on a cloud for the rest of their lives, when that's rarely, if ever at all, true. And it's not that it doesn't get, well, it, it doesn't get spoken of, and um, part of me understands why, because that would, to a degree, ruin the illusion that you know spiritual enlightenment or whatever you want to call it fixes everything and i'll give you a little thing that'll tie in here is um... twenty five years ago I pursued a vegan lifestyle which included a plant-based diet note i say not vegan diet because there's actually no such thing uh... being vegan isn't a food choice it's uh, an ethical choice about not causing unnecessary suffering and when i did that you read in the books and you read so many people with testimonials about oh yeah i went plant based i got rid of all the toxins in my life and whole i'm i'm great all the time now and yes i'm sure that happens with some people it depends where you actually start out now when i transitioned part of me was a little bit like hmm i'm doing all these good things. I'm doing a lot of the right things according to the human body and what it actually likes to consume in general. Again, the word right isn't a good word to use because uh, there's many ways to actually obtain nutrition for a human body. But I kept reading about how it should solve all your other problems. You know, brain fog will clear up and go away and you'll be able to think straight and you'll be happy. But happy and healthy are two different things. And as of 2014, I understand what happy is for no reason. That's baseline. That's there. But even though my health improved significantly after switching to a plant-based diet, um, I know now in hindsight that simply eliminating dairy cleared up so much for me. Childhood allergies, um, mild asthma, acne, severe acne when I was a teenager, All of that's gone, Um, and that started to disappear in the beginning days, first few years that means, of being plant-based. And in retrospect, I understand why, but I still had some bad habits, you know, some processed and packaged foods, sugar, processed sugar in things, um, much more so than a lot of other people I know, which had been a lifelong habit, which is, as you'll know, listening to this, Changing dietary habits is one of the hardest things to do as a human being because the body literally cries out for certain things that it's habituated to, accustomed to, and it's not easy to change our palate, our taste buds and uh, things that are certainly addictions. And I'll get into all that as I talk here, too. So what I was alluding to there was that whether it's the physical or the emotional slash spiritual, When you fix one, you help the others, but you're not going to magically fix it. You know, look at the fitness guru who's in fantastic shape, but has a heart attack in his 40s because his diet's terrible. Happens a lot. Look at the spiritual master, someone who's attained so-called enlightenment, nirvana, whatever you want to say, and purports to be able to meditate themselves into healing states and then dies of cancer. You know, no one, because we're human, no one just transcends it all. By fixing one aspect, hoping the spillover will then help the other aspects and heal them completely. I've studied this enough, all three aspects to know and to be able to tell you that that's an illusion. And because we're human, we have to understand ourselves, which is why I've made that my deepest investigation, not myself personally, who I am. I knew that a long time ago, understanding what we are, because that's universal. Because then when I speak words, which I took 30 years to understand this and do a lot of research before saying a damn thing, because I didn't want it to be inauthentic, corrupted or personal, meaning egotistical, like, wow, I know this. And I know it because it helped me. That doesn't mean it anything to me. I'm very happy that I'm me and that I'm healthy and that I'm happy. That's fantastic. And even more so because now I'm actually healthy enough to pursue the work I'm talking to you about right now full time. And so let's start at the real beginning. And what happened to lead me to have an autoimmune disease? And then figure it out. Heal it. And I'm still at the tail end process of it being consistent for long periods of time. And by that I mean weeks and months. But uh, it's there because now I finally know what it feels like to be normal. Absolutely normal. To wake up and your eyes aren't tired. They don't want to close again. To wake up and not feel a headache coming on from what you ate the night before. Wake up and do whatever you feel like doing in the morning. Go to work. I work, have worked a physical job my entire adult life, very hard work, and I'm a freaking hard worker. If you ask people who've worked with me, trust me, they'll point to me and say, that's the one guy you're not going to keep up with. And part of that is, I've had good physical health, and I love hard work, so I'm passionate. I'm happy about it, so I do it well, I do it quickly. Um, not an egotistical endeavor, just a very practical statement about you know what I do, what I'm capable of. And it's always made me happy to work hard. Even though I've had very challenging days to the point where I would work eight hours, I'd come home and I would have to literally decide, am I that tired that I can't eat? And should I just fall down and sleep first? And invariably I'd fall down, sleep, and I'd find I wake up the next morning and repeat the whole cycle again. Meaning other than work and earning a living, I didn't accomplish very much in life that I'm actually starting to do now at the age of 54. Art, music, writing, counseling, connecting the dots for other people, helping them guide themselves through whatever challenges in their journey I understand. And again, the emotional and the mental, those I, I, I understand implicitly now and can usually guide and translate things for people so that they can apply it to their perspective and their life journey, which is theirs and theirs alone. But the touch points are the same. They always are. Because we connect in feeling. We're all capable of the same feelings. It's just how do we get them. And being able to be healthy and happy. Waking up in the morning. Just knowing you're good to go. And like I was saying. Work a full work day. Which I now do. And then come home. Don't have to nap. Don't have to rest. Don't have a headache building up from the day. Which I used to. And then I can keep doing the things I want and need and love to do. I finally feel free on absolutely all levels. And that's why I'm so excited to talk about the physical part of my journey because I know how many people are going through it and are are suffering and how much it holds you down. It depresses you because what's going on in the physical can definitely translate, of course, to the mental. And then that those together translate to suppressing the existential, the spiritual, you know, how can I even express? who I am and what I'm here to do if I'm so freaking tired if I'm so sore if I'm so fatigued if I'm so challenged by something I don't even understand which was my case for years so many years that I became self-employed in about 2008 and I've never even told anyone this before the main reason was I didn't think I could reliably show up to work 5 days a week for anyone anymore and I wasn't embarrassed or ashamed I just wanted to be responsible and I didn't want to put my my state of being on to anyone else who was counting on me and having said that being self-employed i've had some serious challenges and luckily some patient clients and luckily also some that weren't so patient and told me yeah i can't wait for you to get this job done it's not working out that's valid so these things have happened and this is what you have to live with when you're in a deep state of uh, physical repair and especially without understanding it so I've digressed a few times, uh, which I tend to do because I've got a lot to say. And this is going to spill over into other podcasts, which are going to be probably more acutely focused on one aspect or another. So autoimmune disease. Let's just start there. What is it? It is, by definition, the word itself, auto, your own immune system, um, working when it doesn't need to. That's the basis of it because we have an immune system that's there to do what? To identify things that come into the body that don't belong there. Pathogens, bacteria, viruses, other than the ones our body innately has that are actually helpful, which is a lot of them. It's there to, to help our body stay healthy, remain in uh, homeostasis, have energy to live a life. We're here to live. We're here to live and express who we are. It's that simple. Anything that gets in the way is a challenge. And on the physical level, our immune system is supposed to help us with those challenges. You know, you cut yourself, your skin repairs. You eat your food, it digests it. You eat something that your food, your body doesn't want, you know, you get sick. You have diarrhea. Your body does something about it. You get the flu, your body does something about It gets a fever, creates an environment where the flu virus doesn't exist. And then you burn it off and boom, you're healthy again. Now, I have, I, have, I have so many things. I don't even want to make a list because it's so many, probably hundreds of things that I've had challenges with over the course of my lifetime from a very young age. But I'm going to go through them and just hit the major ones so that you can understand how it's compiled and how I've been kind of um, looks like a guinea pig for all the things that could go wrong if they were going to go wrong for a human being to have such a challenge and yet still overcome it and have no physical ailments, take no pills, no drugs, no anything, which I don't anticipate ever doing for the rest of my life. I never have, and I probably never will. Not out of stubbornness, but out of personal responsibility to myself, my community, my planet, um, that I wish more people would do so that we wouldn't uh, have created such big systems of outsourcing our health and, uh, and, and happiness agencies outside of ourselves when ultimately what feels best is to be completely personally responsible within the context of the community and and the earth that we live on so what what has happened to me over the course of this lifetime well in reverse engineering it i've had some discussions with parents uh with with online with others who are in the same situation or have had similar symptoms along the way i've read and watch so many YouTube videos about this issue and the various causes, the various ways it expresses itself, and the fact that it's really not understood by Western medicine, which makes sense because Western medicine is about repairing and band and you can only band-aid autoimmune system disease dis-ease for so long because it doesn't go away until everything that was causing it is addressed. So. What are the first things that can cause that? Well, in the womb, if the mother isn't healthy, then that's going to have an impact. I don't know my mother's health 100% during my pregnancy, but I do know she had dental work done. And back then, of course, that meant mercury amalgam fillings. My mother also um, takes thyroid medication for uh, something which she went through as a child. She had a, a large goiter after going through years of trying to take iodine as supplement to get rid of it, because that was a a time in history when iodine deficiency was rampant around the Great Lakes region of North America. It's a very known thing if you want to investigate that. And a lot of people now, myself included, have some aspect of a thyroid um, condition, hypo or hyper. I think I've only ever had a minor one, honestly, when I take it into consideration, but likely that was only ever there because of the autoimmune issue, making my system work harder to try and do what it does, remain balanced. So those issues happened. And then I also found out my mother did not breastfeed me because this was the 60s, 67s when I was born. And those were the days of formula when companies were convincing and advertising to uh, women all around North America, if not the world, that Man had invented something better than, than uh, breast milk, which, of course, is patently untrue and which we know can lead to problems, and which has because we have a generation of people like myself that weren't breastfed and thus didn't get that kickstart to the immune system, the best kickstart to an immune system that a human body can have. Now, the interesting part of this story is my brother and sister, who are about five and six years older than me, or six and seven, sorry, um... haven't exhibited the same issues that I have. And I'm going to put that down to them having been just born exactly in that generational gap where their diet was probably different or better than mine from an early age. Perhaps my mom's diet was different when she was pregnant with them versus me. I don't know. I'm not going to completely assume or presume. But if we look at what's happened with food from the 40s to the 50s to the 60s to the 70s, it's become more packaged, more processed, there's more additives, there's more food colorings, there's more toxins, there's certainly more uh, pesticides and fertilizers in it the longer you go. So I would have been at the, I'm guessing the beginning arc of that going severely downhill. Because starting in the late 60s, early 70s, we started getting into multiple, multiple, (laughs) as if there's more than two, two parents working, which meant food, dinner had to be um, prepared differently. There wasn't as much time to you know prepare and of course living the way we have moving more into cities people had less garden of their own had less fresh food and produce so things were frozen canned packaged and with that comes a commensurate amount of food additives that are things that were never meant for the human body to deal with and of course what did i say in the beginning your immune system is there to do get rid of things that the human body was not meant not meant to deal with so For many of us, when those things are mild, our body does an amazing job of actually doing just that. Having said that, even people who are moderately healthy for 20, 30, 40 years often exhibit something later in life because the body finally can't cope anymore. And this is what turns into heart disease, um, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune disease, like like I'm experiencing, respiratory diseases, you know, things getting into our lungs that... Inhibit our breathing, which in turn inhibits our immune system. And most importantly, because I think it's something like 70% of our immune system originates in the gut, that's where my story begins. What the heck happened to my gut and my gut lining that compromised my health from an early age? Because from an early age, I experienced allergies. I experienced um, sickness, flus. I remember being homesick from school every winter. Um, for years and years. Sometimes I think I had multiple flus and colds in any given winter. I also had vaccinations when I was young. We all did. There weren't that many when I was when I was young, and that's I'm going to have to say a patently good thing. Because I had the MMR, measles and mumps rubella vaccine, and I got measles and mumps. And even when I was young, I was like my little mind was Simple and not unintelligent, and trying to look at the obvious, going, Why am I getting these things? What was the point of that thing that they shoved into my arm? You know, am I not supposed to be you know, like magically immune now and safe from these things? Apparently, I wasn't. Probably likely due to the overall state of my immune system, which I'm going to guess was on low alert from a young age, meaning it was always working. And if it's always working, what is it doing? It's a little bit inflamed, which means the body's inflamed, which means it's more predisposed to other things having an impact. So example, the flu comes around. Not everybody in my family gets sick. I was the one that usually fell the most ill. Why? I obviously had the weakest system. And that's fine. It is what it is. I've just spent a long time trying to understand it. And those were early things that affected it. Very likely, um, yeah, my mother's health at birth Mercury, perhaps getting into my system, because you'll find out later that's a huge issue with me as well. And early childhood diet, formula, not breast milk. And very likely, even from an early age, eating more packaged and processed stuff and more sugar than anyone else in my family for whatever reason. Um, Again, I think my older brother and sister just missed that, that generation of the sugary cereals and all that kind of stuff, and they weren't even as tempted by it. I was from an early age, and... I didn't know, of course, and you can't know, that there was anything wrong with it. Even my mother, bless her, how could she have known? We go to the grocery store, and these government-approved foods are on the shelf. We blindly assume that means safe, when no one really ever knew that, and a lot of it is still out there to this day, causing... I'm not going to say irreparable damage because I'm living proof that you can repair a hell of a lot of stuff, but causing a lot of damage and suffering, which thus impacts our life experience, which to me is a travesty and we're doing it to ourselves. And I'll get into it in another podcast as to why that happens, but obviously, um, you know, the end product of that is, you know, the capitalists are winning. Money is in people's pockets. Health is losing our health and the health of the planet. I think that's p- a pretty easy proposition to put forth and, and and view, if you look at it from outside of your own perspective and just look at the look at the numbers for humanity, where it's going and where it's been. So. So that's me to, between the age of five and ten, allergies are getting worse. The other development with me is, from a very young age, I was very quiet when I was young because I grew up. Uh, my older brother and sister were in school, so I would be at home with my mother. It was just her and I ar- in the household. She was doing her her uh, motherly things, you know, cooking, cleaning, looking after, socializing with a friend or two on, on somewhere on the block, watching a soap opera in the afternoon, you know, because my mother did all that stuff, but she's not the most overly naturally energetic person because of her thyroid condition either. So, you know, I give her a hell of a lot of credit for, you know, willing herself and loving herself to do it what she did for us because she did a, a hell of a job trying her best with what she knew in the times we're living in. But because I grew up so quiet, that transitioned into being shy, debilitatingly shy from a very young age. And I remember the word shy coming up somewhere in my very early childhood, perhaps when I was introduced to to preschool to kindergarten and my mother bringing me to school and you know that that harrowing first day of school experience where your mother brings you somewhere in for the first time ever she walks away and I can't remember how I reacted completely but I just remember her saying here's Stevie he's shy something to that effect and I remember my little brain as intelligent as we are once our brain engages because we all are intelligent we think about what's knew and said in the world and i was wondering what is this shy thing and then i looked and i looked at other kids that were more outgoing than me more talkative and the fact that i just didn't speak up much and i was like oh i'm shy and man did that ever grow so being quiet manifested into actual shyness manifested into debilitating shyness to the point where i was scared to speak up i was scared to talk a lot of the time. I was brutally shy except with people I was already intimately comfortable with which is just family and likely a friend or two. Even my family to this day, I don't think they understand what that shyness, the depth of it was and how it impacted the arc of my life over the next 20 years until I tackled that one and overcame that. But here's the counterpoint to being that shy. Being shy, being in your mind, being anxious about knowing You know, what are people thinking of me? What should I say next? Do people like me? Do they think I'm smart? Am I good at sports? Am I not good at sports? You know, why are people watching me? And that's the big one. Why are people watching me? When you're shy, you wonder about that almost incessantly. Of course, now I know it was my mind only that was wondering that. My being was perfectly fine underneath that the whole time. And it's not like it was like that 24-7, but during the waking hours, it was like that often enough that I would anticipate being shy. I would anticipate going out and socializing with my family. I would try and get out of it sometimes because it doesn't feel comfortable. I didn't like it. It's not that I didn't like people. Love people, love hanging around people. I loved watching people, but I didn't want to be around and expected to talk, expected to be on. And as I was getting at, what that does is it sets up a baseline anxiety, Which leads to using a lot of energy and inflammation in the body. It affects the stomach. It affects the stomach lining. You're going to see this. All comes back to stomach lining, which again, which again, which as well will turn into. I'll be talking about the blood-brain barrier, which is a big one in my case, and which is a, a further, um, what would I say? When you're further along with having depleted your gut lining i'm quite convinced that it turns into blood brain barrier damage because it's all skin you know inside and outside skin is our 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 barrier between things coming in to contact with us and then getting actually into us and our systems because that's all you do when you eat you take food in and then your stomach lining is supposed to keep out that which should not get through and then your body digests, does what it does with enzymes, with acid in the stomach, and then, you know, extracts the necessary nutrients, puts them into your system so you remain a healthy human being, and then gets rid of the rest. Well, that low-level anxiety would have created a different acidity in the stomach, a different environment, along with eating extra sugar and processed food, along with perhaps having the immune system in the stomach be compromised from a very young age, from the things I explained, you put that all together and you start getting a pattern that leads to a breakdown of the stomach lining. And what happens, of course, when the stomach lining breaks down? Bigger particles get through, it becomes permeable. Things get through and into your system that haven't been broken down yet. They could be actual food particles that your body needs, which aren't that toxic, or they could be the toxins in the food that are going to get through and cause a disturbance. And when that disturbance happens guess what the immune system says hey what's that i better take care of that and it goes to work and so from what i've investigated from a very young age my immune system has been working when it doesn't have to and what does that do it takes away the natural energetic state we can have when we're just existing and there's nothing for our physical body our immune system to do if our mind isn't busy even less energy is being used, and your spirit is literally free to use your mind and body as the resources they are so you can experience this life. Now, I have to qualify this by saying, because I was young, I was energetic a lot of the time. I did express, you know, have healthy periods, of course. I played sports. I excelled at some sports. I was good in school. I was near the top of my class most of the time. So this isn't a complaint. This isn't a sad story. And there's no one overtly to blame um, other than the systems that the human mind created. <laughs> we'll get into that in another podcast. But I'm just trying to build a story here which explains a very typical scenario in which someone can get to the state I got to with just living a life in the West, in the world, with our modern, modern systems of... um Food supply, of healthcare, of medicine, and all that goes with it. So let's take this through the teenage years. And I noticed I am, my allergies are pretty bad by my early teens to the point where, you know, I had my eyes swell shut a few times when I was out playing in the field. I had to go to the hospital for a shot of adrenaline. I had Kleenexes in my pocket for months of the year, spring and summer. And then again in the winter when I had a cold, which was often. And it seemed to me like I was in this perpetual state of just dragged down, you know, lacking energy at certain times. The only saving grace to that is the human one. Because I was young, like I said before, I had the energy. Your system is bloody strong and resilient when you're young. If the challenge isn't that great and it wasn't like I had one acute challenge I think I want you to understand that it was just a cumulative effect that kept affecting me a little bit more all the time and you'll see how that you'll see where the story goes because we're talking about me getting to about the age of 52 before I finally figure it out and start reversing it and it had gotten pretty freaking bad at the end to the point where uh, yeah you'll see so through my teenage years it kept getting worse um, when I was 15. My family, which by then, sorry, my family is five people, but at that point it was just myself living at home with my parents and my dad got a job in Virginia, in the United States. Which was neat and interesting and exciting and also terrifying to a shy person. I had just, just felt so comfortable in grade 8 with my my, um, group of friends who I had gone to school with since grade 1, if not kindergarten. And was looking forward to carrying on past grade, grade 10 with another group of friends I had just started to get comfortable with after having switched schools between grades uh, 8 and 9. And then I was looking at moving not only grades but to a different country. And in my mind, for a shy person, because you're thinking so much, I, I felt isolated before I even got there. Inside my head because, um, you know, anticipatory anxiety, anticipatory shyness, a mental condition about thinking, pre-thinking conditions that are going to happen. And then, you know what? If you pre-think it, it's probably going to happen because you're setting the wheels in motion. That itself is also manifesting. Didn't know I was doing it consciously, but that's what was happening. So for the first few months of school down there in the States, I had stomach pains and diarrhea every day before school couple trips to the bathroom before I even made it out the door. I'm not sure my mother fully knew or caught on because the other thing about a shy person and someone like myself, which a a lot of us are like is we tend to want to keep things to ourselves when it's not good news. When it's not happy, when we don't know there is help or how to ask for help. It wasn't really shame or embarrassment. It was just like, Oh, I guess this is what I have to deal with. And if I can interject now and compel people to one thing, it is as soon as you recognize something, talk about it with someone with someone letting people in letting someone in is almost always beneficial and at least if that person doesn't know what to do they know that there's somewhere out there that help is is an option so that was was happening in school the first year it got better because I got more I got to be more comfortable within my um debilitating shyness in the U.S. I had a small, small group of friends, a couple close friends. And, um, you know, you'd make the best of it. And I was doing exactly that. Now, at the end of the first year into the second year, I started developing some acne. Now, I'm pretty sure that was because my diet was even worse in the U.S. I ate a lot of frozen dinners and pizza and ice cream and... Things like that. Again, no one, we didn't really think about it. You know, we were a little more affluent at that time. And, you know, we lived in a, a nice-sized house for three of us. And I felt, I definitely felt privileged. I felt like I was on vacation sometimes half the time. And we treated ourselves for whatever reason. And my mom needed to treat herself at that point in life too because of the state of things. And so we did. And sadly, treating ourselves or especially for me, was, you know, the most harmful thing I could have done. Emotionally, we all know that works for a minute or two, but when it leads to debilitating acne, for which I then had to go get treatment from a dermatologist who did exactly what a dermatologist would do, not go to the source and ask questions about what I'm eating, but go, oh, you take this. I was prescribed tetracycline in a very solid dose, which um, cleared up the acne after a little while and dried my skin out to an extreme point the point where I had moisturizers on my person or at least around the house where I'd be moisturizing 20, 30, 40 times a day. I don't know. Especially around my nose, which was always dry and dripping a bit. And it would dry out even more when you use a Kleenex. And when at that point I was still had allergies, which when I went for allergy testing, I think in the States, like so many things were on that test that it was pretty unbelievable because I had been exposed to them all all my life and I loved playing outside in fields and things like that. But there you go. Again, not a complaint, just a beautiful observation in retrospect. So the tetracycline dried the heck out of me. And at some point in the U.S., and I'm not sure when this happened, one night I was uh, lying down upstairs and I started getting warm And then hot. And then I got a splitting headache and I was sweating bullets. Before I knew it, I went downstairs and said to my mom, I think I was like semi-nauseous, I think something's wrong. We took my temperature and it was something ridiculous, like 103 or 4. And, you know, I felt, we uh, put me in a bathtub, cooled off my body, and eventually it did go away. And I lost my sense of smell and taste for quite a while after that. I'm thinking a month or two. But that was an episode that I'm quite sure happened after the tetracycline, which again is an antibiotic, which does what? Here, we're right back to the theme of today's podcast, gut lining. Um, It destroyed the the flora that would have been in my stomach at that point and further contributed to any permeability in the gut lining, allowing even more stuff to get through, which led to what? Well, here we go. I'll fast forward because the next major thing I remember was uh, in my mid-twenties, still having, you know, stomach problems, things that I thought were IBS, of course, and I I wasn't 100% happy in my life. I had been married at that point for a couple years to someone who was... And this is a whole other story. I uh, was just a glorified friend, and the shy me got married just to actually shut people up and have them think, oh, Steve's normal, he's doing okay, he's found a girl, who was honestly the first girl I ever, you know, dated extensively. So again that's a whole other thing that contributed to this depression of my state of being you know it didn't take away from my existential happiness i'm i'm steve i always knew who i was well i'm not steve but i'm this person who's called steve i'm happy go lucky i like being funny and witty i can do that when i'm relaxed i always could it just wasn't as often as it could have been back then for all the reasons we've been uh, i've been talking about and you've been hearing so at one point during um a few years into my marriage i went to the doctor to tell him about these stomach pains and that I had what I thought was IBS. You know, and in that room, even as I was talking to him, I looked in his eyes and he was saying, yep, IBS, and I don't even remember what he said I had to do. I think some elimination of foods and stuff, which made sense and which I I started to do. Um, But I remember, you know, not telling him, if you only knew how much I'm in my head and how much I think every day and how much I don't want to be in this marriage that I'm in, you know, without blaming anyone. It's just not what's happening. It's not contributing to my happiness. That that's probably half the cause of my IBS, that stress and whatnot that's, you know, contributing to bad stomach, bad digestion, bad flora. You know, that combined with the food, combined with, you know, back then it was a a standard American diet, segueing towards vegetarian. But uh, all part of the puzzle, and it just kept leading there. So let's fast forward to when I'm 29. I decide to tackle the diet issue because it was very important to me. And I wasn't thinking about it from a health perspective. For me, embracing veganism was about um, ethics, it was about, you know, being kind, not doing anything I didn't have to do for my body that also didn't, whereby I didn't have to affect the suffering of another creature, other creatures, the earth itself, in as much as we can control that. And on an individual level, you can have some semblance of control there. And in the first few years after that, like I mentioned, lo and behold, my uh, seasonal allergies started lightening up. Started lightening up to the point where one spring-summer where I I did a raw vegan um, stint for a few months, they went away completely. And now I know in retrospect, I gave my stomach a break finally. I wasn't challenging it. I was also in a happy relationship, and I was far less stressed than I ever was on that level. I didn't have to think about it because this person loved me and accepted me for who I was. We laughed. We had a great time together. I could work hard um, at at a landscape job, come home, um, and do what I needed to in the evening. Now, having said that, the stomach is still broken for Steve at this point. I was having headaches quite frequently. I was tired a lot of the time. I just got by, by pushing myself, by willing myself to do what I needed to do, to be responsible, to, you know, to have a job, to pay the bills, to make it work. And then in the evenings to help my partner with her dancing career by, you know, creating a website, working on websites for that and other people, um, drumming for her as a partner. I enjoyed doing that immensely. But there were days when I had such a headache. I don't know how I, I to this day, I don't know how I found the energy to do that and make it happen other than willpower and we do these things as humans so it kept getting worse fatigue and headaches and I have to say I've had a baseline fatigue my entire life I thought napping pretty much every day was normal from the time I can remember which is like five six seven years old as such I remember napping a lot of the time when I would come home from school I thought that's what you did but of course that's what my body wanted to do because it was tired it was tired because I wasn't feeding it right, and the immune system was doing work. I now know that. And I now know there are millions upon millions of people who are experiencing this on some level as well. The journey won't be the same as mine, but I'm sure by now some people listening will have gotten some touch points that go, Aha ha ha that, ha that makes sense. So that's what's happening in this day and age with regards to our own body and the challenges it has to endure and try and put up with by virtue of what we put in it and... uh how stressed we are and what we are thinking about our very selves. So throughout this relationship, which lasted 13 years, I just kept getting more and more tired, more and more headachy. And I didn't complain. I didn't even tell people all that often. I put it down at that point. I still hadn't, of course, investigated this deeply and connected any dots. I didn't know anything about the stomach lining. I didn't even know... Well, I did know a fair bit about diet. Of course, I knew processed foods, sugar, cut them out. And I had reduced it a lot, but I hadn't cut it out. But I was still getting more and more fatigued on a regular basis and getting more frequent headaches and they were getting worse. And again, I, I, I thought perhaps it was dehydration, wasn't drinking enough water, um, wasn't eating enough vegetables, wasn't eating enough fresh food. I seemed to have identified that bread and some processed things like flour were a problem. So I started reducing those. And I'd go through stints where I didn't have them and I'd feel good. And I'd think, oh, it's all cleared up. I'm fine. You'd eat them again. It wouldn't bother you right away because your system did get a little better. But then after time, it goes right back to where it was. And that's a cycle I repeated for quite a few years. And again, because I was in my 30s, I still had enough life energy just from being that age to get a lot done. So to the outside world, it looked like I was... You know, doing as good as I could possibly do. In hindsight, I'm going to guess that I was probably working on about 50% of the energy that I could have been at any given moment, consistently. And that's with having pretty good sleeps, Uh, which I learned to do around that time when I investigated, you know, putting myself to bed, shutting my mind off, having a clear day and going, you're done, go to bed your body needs to rest. And that's when we do get the vast majority of our healing, our immune system ramps up, all those good things. So with this getting worse and worse, um, oh, one other thing I didn't mention. When I was in my late teens, early 20s, I worked on a golf course. And because I had pursued a career in horticulture, of course, what would an allergic person whose main allergies are um, trees and plants and grass and grass seed do? go work in nature <laughs> cut the grass which I did in the States in high school um, to make money and I'd be sniffling and then I go play golf all stuffed up uh, but that's again what I, I was well enough to do what I wanted to do despite the challenge it just kept getting worse so the challenges kept getting harder to the point where you'll see in my 40s where I, I barely did anything except get up and get some work done to be able to feed myself and pay the rent but through this relationship and towards the end of it, I kept getting more and more tired and more and more headaches. And I, I did go see a naturopath once or twice. I had blood tests done, which came back decent. So that wasn't identified as anything. I wasn't anemic. I wasn't lacking energy because of that. My diet wasn't, wasn't off because I was plant-based. I was on the low end of iron and B12 sometimes, but supplements are easy for that. And so I, I would do exactly that. Now I know even more. I ate the right foods to get that, as well as supplementing at the right times of year for that and, uh, and vitamin D3, which we all need a hell of a lot more of, and which I should have been taking for years, which is an immune system booster unto itself. But I digress. So at some point, point, nineteen nineteen two thousand and seven, 2007, that relationship came to an end after 13 years. A very sad time, but a very realistic sad time. And from there, I was to get even more challenges with my health being even how how to describe it. Just getting more tired, not knowing why. Having the headaches happen, probably one or two a week that would last a day or two each. Getting worse and worse. Getting to the point of debilitating like I can't even think about what I need to think about to get up and organize my day. And I was self-employed at that point, which means I had the luxury of taking days off, which I had done on purpose. But you can't take a week off, your clients expect you to show up. And I communicated as impeccably as I could, not always. Sometimes I was too tired to give a crap about, um, about communicating and saying what was what. And that's a problem. I've, I've felt bad about myself sometimes on top of actually feeling bad physically, you know, having my head be so heavy and tired that, again, I couldn't muster a thought about mustering a thought. There was no starting point. And there was a lack of, I just don't care. This is just too much. I just don't care. And so I went on like that for a few years. Had a lot of good times, but I had um, a landscape business with a couple employees. Sometimes I'd set them up for work for the day I'd go home and nap. They don't know that to this day. No one does. I didn't have the energy to do anything else. I'd do what most of us do. I'd fake it. I'd show up. I'd be Steve, energetic. I'd look energetic. That's all I could muster for a little while. Then I'd be down again. I'd work for the day, a good hard day's work, which I was fully capable of. You know, once I got my juices flowing, I was good. But at the end of the day, I'd go home and I'd be warm all evening, right into the night. And now I know that's because my system was inflamed already. And then I worked hard. And then that would lead, again, to either just fatigue because my body's on overdrive trying to relax and heal, or a headache because, again, the lack of um, a good stomach lining would have led to things getting through and those things becoming problems. And my body would have started to and did start to identify things as food sensitivities, which is what a lot of us have. Not things we're born with, things that develop because our immune system is weak and it starts getting in past the body the gut barrier. Because if something's consistently getting in, your immune system's having to deal with it, at some point, your own genetic code is going to say, that's a sensitivity, not an allergy, but a sensitivity. We don't want that here. So every time that food comes in, we're going to blow up and we we don't know how to react to it anymore. It's too much. And so I definitely had a bunch of food sensitivities building. Again, which I was not completely aware of. Because I'd have a good day or two and then I'd have a couple bad days and I couldn't identify or pinpoint a trigger a lot of it was cumulative it never had a specific trigger and that's part of the mystery of trying to go through this process so like i was saying i did that for a couple years and then in 2014 i had this amazing experience which i had i had been chasing for years reading about the inner game of being human the existential you know suffering the existential struggle what am i here for who am i what am i doing and you know i had pondered that deeply and investigated it on many levels for 20 years and in 2014 i had begun some contemplations you can go back to the first episode of the of this podcast and it's all explained there whereby i did relax into disconnecting from my mind and finding a very deep inner peace which did give me an energy boost at that point over and above already having because i I freed myself from wasting energy thinking so much and being in my head. And I was certainly wasn't shy at that point. I I'd, I'd gotten over that in my 20s for the most part and really gotten over it in my, by my 30s. But in 2014, my health kept getting worse. Even after that, I kept getting headaches. And then, uh, something significant happened. My last kind of serious relationship um, of a couple years... Um, I broke up with her because I was so happy just being that I wanted to just be on my own and do that and pursue being Steve doing what I'm doing now I anticipated doing this eight years ago you know having a podcast creating books and ebooks and photo albums and sharing what I understand what I know the beauty I see within us and within the world despite the challenges that are out there that we put on ourselves which I understand how they got there and how we are putting them on ourselves That's the essence of this illuminating the disconnect, and always will be. But after this breakup, I actually went a bit downhill. I got back in my head and I was a little bit concerned about having broken up with someone. Did I make them feel bad? Did I, you know, ruin their life and that kind of thing? Because one of the last things she said to me, which affected me, which shouldn't have, but which did was, you know, I'm never going to let anyone this close to me again. I don't want to be hurt this bad anymore. And part of me took that, and that part, of course, being the mind, and the, the special part of the mind that took it and ran with it was the ego. It popped back up, even though it had been gone for months. A unique tale, but that's why I'm here to tell it. It's very real and very good. It popped back up, and it latched onto that, and it couldn't understand. It was like, but Steve, you're, you're a nice guy. You've been a nice person your whole life. You really do honestly try your best to be nice. But if you're trying to be nice, to have the ego of being nice, That's a problem. And I hadn't, but it popped back up. And I realized that I couldn't reconcile. How could a nice person have made another human being feel so distraught about love that they don't want to love deeply again so that they won't hurt? Because I was like, I would never wish that on someone. And I don't even understand that because I will love over and over again, even if relationships don't work out, because loving is still loving. It's great to be in love, it's great to love. And so. That started in about July of 2014, a little bit of a spiral. In in one of my books, it's it's labeled as as such, Steve and the Downward Spiral. And for about a month, I spun. And that was the month that Robin Williams committed suicide, August. And one other, one or two other famous people committed suicide. And it's funny how when you hear that, it opens it up as a possibility. Not that it should, not that it has to, but because we're human and we know humans commit suicide, and I was going through this new found, you know, existential angst about being nice, topped with, I'm so fucking tired and I've got these headaches. I don't even know how I can make a living anymore. With all that together, I became suicidal in August, leading to the first week of September, to the point where I was done. By September 2nd or 3rd, I, I don't remember the day. I've got it written down somewhere, of course, along with uh, a, a lovely suicide note, which I'll share with you all at some point. I intended to for that to be it. I was too tired. I was too tired to think about thinking about the existential part. My head hurt too much most days. I couldn't be bothered. And that was the overriding sentiment of why. Didn't hate myself. Didn't hate the world. Didn't want to hurt anyone. Didn't want to leave anybody behind. Certainly didn't want my mom to have to be like, oh my God, you know, what could I have done? Did I not do enough? Didn't want my brother, anyone that cares about me and knows me to think in anything. But I was so tired and so fatigued and so, yeah, just tired. And the headaches that I would get would be so debilitating that I wanted to smash my head off Um, that I, even those thoughts, I didn't care. I didn't care enough to have to confront them. There wasn't the energy to do it. And now I know that all stems from this bloody autoimmune, leaky gut, leaky brain. And it led me to put a rope around my pull-up bar in a room with a, in the doorway of a room with a very short ceiling and put some rope around my legs as well so I would be not able to touch the floor and attempt to, uh, myself out of that suffering that day. Now, luckily, as I'm speaking to you right now, I did a poor job, even though I'm a very smart man. I thought I had it planned out. I got up. I, I w- kicked out the stool I was on, which left me only a few inches off the floor. But I was off the floor, and hanging for a second or two. Uh, my rope, my roped hands were tied behind my back. And somehow my hands became, came free because of course, as soon as you start hanging, your body struggles, you've got very little choice about this, you know, beyond our mind, our life force wants to survive. That's just all there is to it. And my left hand came free, reached up and pulled me up. And to the point where I could loosen all the rest of the ropes, touch the floor and then uh, get up (laughs) and get up and, and start having a good laugh at realizing how pitifully sad this situation was that I'd put myself in, just over a thought in my mind that I wasn't being nice enough and that I was that tired that I couldn't ask for help. So that solved the existential part of it and freed my mind up from then on, which has been consistent from that day forward. Now, having said that, once I got down and cleaned up my place and, you know, got in touch with a couple of people and talked to them and reassured them that I was okay um, and, and such, I realized I was still left with this physical challenge, which I mostly kept to myself again for, for a few years because I had, I had an influx of energy for, for the next year just feeling literally so high off of feeling alive that, um, you know, I put up with it. I, I got enough work done to pay the bills, to buy food to do a um, little bit of socializing, some travel, uh, which has always been minimal for me, but just enough to see family, friends, not to go anywhere exotic and, and enjoy myself on that level. It's not not important to me. But my health kept debilitating and a few years later, it was getting worse again to the point where, again, I know su- I wasn't, suicide was not uh, off the table at that point, but I needed to investigate it. So that's when I started researching and trying to figure this out trying to figure out what the heck could be causing all this. And I started learning about, about more about food, more about leaky gut, more about the immune system. Hadn't heard about leaky brain yet, but just knowing about leaky gut was a good start. You know, because as you probably know, a lot of people these days have gluten sensitivities, are celiac. Again, I'm quite convinced the vast majority of this is nurtured into our body from years and years and years of immune system abuse, through having a leaky stomach, through having eaten things that the human body doesn't want to put up with, chemicals, toxins, pesticides, poisons, breathing in things, spraying glyphosate, Roundup, you know, whatever the case may be. In my case, add on to that mercury fillings, which I forgot to mention. Uh, more fillings than anyone I've, I know or have ever known. I think at one point I counted either 18 or 19 fillings because every time I went to a dentist as a kid, I'd have one to three cavities and they had to be filled. And luckily, I was living in a day and age where mercury amalgam fillings were approved of because they're healthy even though uh, zero parts per million is the only acceptable amount of mercury in the human body. So another topic for another day on the health um, tangent, but that's another thing that added to um, the tiredness, the weakness, and it's specific to the brain challenges because mercury lodges itself luckily in fat tissue, tissue which the brain is made out of. So. So back to the story, tired. Steve's getting more and more tired and the headaches are getting worse and worse and worse and I'm learning finally about leaky gut and I do start eliminating a bunch of foods, changing my diet, intermittent fasting, which I had been doing intuitively for years and which honestly had helped and now I know in retrospect it helps because it gives your system a damn break um, from any food, even good food and that's a good thing. That helps the immune system, that helps the hormones, that helps everything heal. And so that probably staved it off for for years. And in retrospect, a lot of what I did probably pushed a lot of what I experienced in my late 40s, early 50s off. It probably would have happened earlier if I hadn't had a decent diet, had a physical job whereby my system was always moving, pumping things through, and, and, and drinking water regularly enough, you know, to um, keep myself adequately hydrated. So all those factors considered, I... F- At just about the right time, I started learning about leaky gut and eliminating certain foods and healing, even while I was still experiencing worse and worse symptoms. Now, the next factor, I had a couple teeth that had quite a few fillings in them that became compromised to the point of aching all the time. And this happened on and off for a couple years. And in retrospect, I should have had them dealt with right away, but you know what I didn't have? (laughs) Money self-employed, no insurance, again, not a complaint, not a sob story, but I did take all of this on myself without telling anyone, pretty much till now, the depth and degree to which I've done all this to myself uh, and in the end for myself, So uh, evidently so I can share this story, which I hope helps people not do it exactly the way I did it. But the headaches kept getting worse to the point where they were uh, debilitating and they were more and more frequent. Looking for triggers, and that led me to finally see a naturopath that was more agreeable. I had been to a couple previously who didn't really embrace a full spectrum of um, of medical practice. I'll say because I'm I'm more on board with someone who's got a holistic approach, whether that's a naturopath, a functional medicine doctor, or a Western doctor who understands that there's more to the picture than everything they learned in school, which is limited in comparison to understanding. You know. You, you go after the cause, you don't just treat the effect. So I went to a naturopath, had blood tests done, had mercury toxicity tests done, and uh, found out a few things. Blood tests were, again, relatively fine. Slightly low on a couple uh, levels, B12 and iron, but nothing that would have affected me to this degree. And I, I looked at him and I said, I get headaches and they start right here in the back left part of my head. I know every time when it's about to start, I know how bad it's going to be, and I know it's going to last anywhere from 18 to 36 hours. And that means I'm down. I'm flat. I'm not working. I'm not earning a living. I'm not making the money I need to deal with my fillings. I'm not getting, earning the money I need to deal with other problems, which has been um, a lifelong pattern for me, which is ironic because I actually absolutely adore living moment to moment, month to month, not having extra money. I don't actually care. I think it's fun and exciting and engaging to actually just figure things out as, as I go. And I'm, I will never change that, no matter how much money I earn from this, that, or the other. Um, I don't plan ever to have extra money. I plan, if I do have extra money, to help people with it, to put it right back into the, the a direct access to helping people. So local community, uh, individual people, things like that. But with this naturopath, we identified those things as well as a heavy mercury toxicity. And he recommended uh, a detox um, program for the mercury, but that was going to cost thousands of dollars, of which I had none. So I said thanks, but I can't do that right now. So I do know of some other ways to detox naturally. There are some um, herbs and supplements which can pull mercury from the system. I did that, and I noticed the difference right away. It helped. So, bingo. That was a good thing. I dealt with the other teeth. I had two teeth pulled. Boom. That gets another toxin out of your system. Felt better. Each time I did one of these things, I felt immediately better for a couple weeks, and then my body registered right back to its baseline, which was improving, but which was still there. Time goes by, and eventually I watch enough videos and read enough information and follow enough you know research, and I'm talking hardcore research from doctors and big institutions with regard to brain health, blood-brain barrier, and what can compromise it. And I find out about leaky brain, and I'm like, well, if I'm having freaking headaches, they aren't traditional migraines, they aren't lack of this or that, they're just something gets into my system and then it inflames and it shows up in my, the back of my head specifically in one pinpoint area. Now during this time, I had a friend who I was um, close with who I was helping with some of her health issues. Ironically, she had lifelong eczema and had had it for 20 years going on 21 years. And she started seeing my naturopath. And over the course of a year of, healing her stomach, which is where I learned more about healing your stomach, she healed her skin. And she didn't heal her skin a little bit, she healed it a hundred percent. Now, she had been going to her doctor doctor for years who just said, take a cream, do this, do that, would literally look up something on the computer in the moment and go, oh, I think this works, try this. And of course, she's a young person, her mother's brought her there, they trust the doctor. Worked for two weeks, and then boom, that antibiotic wreaked havoc on her stomach and her system in a way they didn't understand, but which this naturopath did. So all he did was fix her stomach. Eliminate foods, eliminate, do a food sensitivity test, figure out how not to trigger the immune system, how not to trigger it, eliminate sugar completely for a few months, again, figure out how not to trigger the immune system and tie it up, and build the stomach up. And she took um, a couple things in specific. The one I'm going to mention to you here, which has been one of the most interesting things I've done in this lifetime to heal, is a p- protein called L-glutamine. Because it Because is, it is, if you do the research yourself, which I hope you do, it is the one protein that does what? Builds the stomach lining. That's its job. That's all it does. And if it's building the stomach lining, Even though I've only seen this alluded to in a few places, there's a pretty damn good chance it helps the blood-brain barrier as well because those are both epithelial cells, skin cells. They're meant, our brain's meant to be contained. Nothing's supposed to get, well, things are supposed to go through there, oxygen, other nutrients, but not the things that were going through there for me because I obviously had a pretty extreme case of leakage in my gut and my brain. So, once I found that out, the bell went off, and I was like, holy crap, her eczema's gone? I'm doing what she did. And so I started on a protocol with L-glutamine, eliminating foods, not to the extreme she did, but very close, and was patient. because I watched her. It took a few months. Her eczema would lighten, then it would get bad, then it would lighten, then it would get bad, and she was like, what the heck's going on here? And after the last round of it getting bad and clearing up, it cleared up for good. And we both were like, oh, my God, this is like a miracle. And so I waited a few months after taking it. And over the course of a few days, all of a sudden it was like a switch went off and I felt light. I felt energetic. I felt free. I felt like I wasn't wading through quicksand to get something done for the first time in 30, 40 years on a consistent basis. I went weeks. I felt like running spontaneously. Now I've ran for 10 or 12 years, and it feels good all the time, but I've had to push myself, I'm gonna say three quarters of the time to even go out and do it. I've only ever naturally had the energy um, 25% of the time because for whatever reason, maybe I coincidentally just didn't eat some trigger foods that time. Maybe, I, especially when I was fasting, I'd feel good. I'd get energy from fasting, as opposed to th- what you might think is the other way around, because of my leaky gut. Just eating food could have been debilitating some days, but I started on that protocol, and over a course of the, that week or two, it was like it was like a miracle. At a time when I'm well, I've been waiting for it and working towards it for eight years, apparently, to integrate all the pieces of the puzzle. You know, a free spirit in a free mind, in a naturally fit, healthy, and productive, energetic body. And so here I am. Here I am, because at 54, I I have no aches and pains in my body. I don't take medications, never have, likely never will. And I don't say that to be arrogant or egotistical, but I don't see why it should be necessary when we understand ourselves and when we go through the process of healing which, as you can hear from this long story, entails knowing what you're healing from. Now I know it. I know what it was all along. Almost everything starts in the gut. And uh, you can do research on that. I can name a whack of material, but get in touch with me if you got specific information that from your story that you think I can help with because I probably investigated it. But if not, just know there's hope. Know that um, every day, every year, You've got the chance to refresh yourself. Our human body is fucking amazing and it can replenish itself. I'm starting to look younger again. My hair is even changing color. My eyes look sparkly and fresh. They always kind of did cuz you know I my spirit shines through that and it always has. And that's why people always think I always thought I was healthy because I when I'm there if I'm out and about with people, I am even through a headache, I'll be engaging, I'll do my thing. And um then go home and you know, sleep for 24 hours or something ridiculous. But I want you to know, miracles are possible because they're really just information, knowledge, hard work, connection, determination, patience, and seeking out help because it is there. There's a lot of people that understand the human physical condition and have done a lot of work. And I've read so many testimonials of people that have healed. And I've used nuggets of all of those and applied them to what I do as far as what I eliminate, what I eat, and what to expect from certain things, and taking supplements which our body is meant to have. L-glutamine is something we're meant to have, but it's not as pre- as prevalent in our food because of modern agriculture and food systems, the way we heat, store our, our food and whatnot. It's just we're lacking through no fault of our own even when we eat a, a balanced diet. An, an actual proper balanced diet can still lack nutrients just because of the system and the way it gets from where it's grown or it's made to our, our home. But investigating and knowing that is just information. It doesn't put the blame on anyone, even though, you know, there are people that are involved in, in all these processes all along the way. It empowers us to do something about it and to be a testimonial like myself to be a walking testimonial to being able to overcome. Now, that's that's my story. There's a lot more to it in detail, but I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm also going to let you know the reason I'm telling you this story is to help you help yourself the way I did. And to also announce that, you know, I am segueing away from just earning a living, which I've done, and which I've mostly enjoyed doing at my work, because um, this work that I'm doing and talking to you about right now is far more important. It has been and it's meant more to me for years. I just haven't had the energy to finish all the books I'm writing, of which there are many. Overcoming Shyness. Uh, illuminating the Disconnect, the story. Um, tales of a Natural Born Plant Eater. How to have a plant-based diet and, um, you know, be kind to yourself and the planet. Overcoming Shyness, Naturally. How to understand your own mind and not let it be a barrier. Those are only four titles of many I've got along the way, along with some poetry books, Zen poetry and prose, things to get you thinking about not thinking, um, as well as photo books of which, you know, I've taken, I think I was counting folders the other day as I was telling my mom, 40,000, 50,000 photos of mostly nature and plants that I've got stored in catalog that's going to turn into photo books and along with inspiration and words so that you can, you know, understand how to see this world and see yourself and your place in it and the reflection you are of the world, of the beauty of the world and that there shouldn't be challenges any more than there has to be and that we need to go to work on ourselves, take responsibility for our health in all three levels and aspects so that we don't, need these big systems to do the work that we're supposed to be doing for ourselves anyways. It's quite actually should be and could be that simple. And I'm going to tell you, it feels good. It feels good without any ego to just feel good because you understand, you understand yourself and you understand your natural rights and freedoms. And you understand that people are naturally helpful and kind and good, and they will help you in whatever capacity they can. Generally speaking, I know these things. So I'm going to dedicate the next who knows how many. I feel like I'm halfway there at 54, if that. I literally do. Um, I feel like a kid. I, f- I feel like I'm about 20 years old most days. I still run. I bound all over the place. I do cartwheels. I exercise. I, I do whatever the heck I want to do because my body not in the way. I'm still building up my strength again after being not so active for the last 10 or 12 years on a regular basis and having periods of, you know, working, building up strength, and then being lackadaisical because of my health. But this is my full-time calling, and with that, I can use support. And if you've heard the message at the end of previous podcasts, I don't overtly say I need money. Um, The only thing I need money for in this life is to pay rent and buy some food. It's that simple because Steve doesn't need things overtly to be happy. And so if you can support me, support this podcast, perhaps support uh, Steve going to get his mercury fillings done in the next couple years and and taken out so that uh, it's another potential resistance is taken care of before it uh, potentially gets worse, um, which I'm not anticipating. It doesn't have to based on certain other things I've come to learn, but it would probably be optimal to tackle those at some point. I feel privileged and blessed and lucky to even be at this point right now and to have all my focus and clarity pointing forward to be able to finish all the works I just described, plus uh, take on clients, do counseling, talk about it. Get out there and, and talk wherever talking can be done. You know, talking about shyness to this group, talking about diet to that group, talking about veganism to that group, talking about ethics to another group, talking about transcending the mind and consciousness itself, and what it's all about to another group. It's all on the table because Uh, I've investigated and experienced, more importantly, a lot. And I'm good. I'm good to go. And because I'm part of a community of people I could use some support. And I would love to have that that support so that my segue is quick and I'm able to focus on this and sit here and talk to you as often as possible. And also meet with people who are struggling daily and could use face-to-face time because that's very important to me because a lot of people were there for me along the way. And so I thank them. I love this life. I love, I do love all the challenges of my journey, even though I won't lie, they were damn hard to take in some of them. I almost didn't make it through. But here I am. And this is it. This is life. I wish you the best. And uh, if you need any help, I hope to hear from you. I hope you learned something and that you will take care of yourself the very best you can without giving yourself a hard time and with asking for help whenever you need it. Hello fellow humans and thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Ever since I got this thing started, which was years in the making, I've been excited about uh, doing this and only this. It's what gives me the most pleasure in life is helping others help themselves. And it's actually what I know the best despite all the other things I've studied for and uh, have had as careers, as experiences, as hobbies, as connections with life, this is it. So to that end, if you'd like to experience, if you'd like to support a very simple human doing this, it doesn't take much for me to survive. And anything over and above that, that I ever make from this will always go back into helping others directly. And you can support me, by finding me on Red Circle Podcasts, which may be where you're listening, uh, there's a donating information there. I also have an account with something called Libra Pay, where you can find me as Steve Alat, or you can send uh, a donation through PayPal, Steve at IlluminatingTheDisconnect.com. If any of those aren't sufficient or fail, send me an email. Again, Steve at IlluminatingTheDisconnect.com. We can figure something out. And uh, thanks for listening. I really, really hope it helps. And if it does, do send me a message. Thanks for your support.